I'm going to give you just a few scriptures. But I believe the Lord is saying tonight to those who are in this room. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Lord. First Samuel chapter 30. Very familiar text. First Samuel chapter 30, verse 8 through verse 13. If it's the custom of this house, stand for the reading of God's word. When you have it, say, I have the bread. David inquired at the Lord saying, shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, pursue. For thou shalt surely overtake them and without fail recover all. So David went, he and 600 men that were with him and came to the brook of Sor, where those that were left behind stayed. But David pursued he and 400 men because 200 stayed behind because they were so faint that they could not go over the brook of Sor. And they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David and gave him bread and he did eat and they made him drink water. They gave him a piece of a cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. And when he had eaten, his spirit came again to him. For he had eaten no bread, nor drunk any water, three days and three nights. And David said unto him, Who do you belong to? Where did you come from? And he said, I am a young man of Egypt, servant to an Amalekite. And my master left me because three days ago I fell sick. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Share this topic with the person beside you. And you can be seated. Shout at them. Tell them, I'm in recovery. All right, you can be seated. I'm in recovery. You know, I, I love the scriptures. Old and new. I, I believe the Torah is probably my favorite section of the scripture, number one. But then number two is history because I'm a history person, period. I love the biblical narratives. Um, my desire was to be a history teacher uh, before the Lord interrupted it. Because <laughs> you haven't been called by God until you've been inconvenienced by God. So I find oftentimes, especially on this last week, if I would sneak away from everybody to go to my office to read i like to read the historical narratives and i'm gonna tell you why i like to read the historical narratives and i call them historical narratives instead of bible stories because to say bible stories uh sometimes implies that they are fictional stories i say historical accounts i like them because it gives us a picture into other people's lives and you realize that we're really all the same. You know, as I travel internationally and across state lines here in the country, I realize that oftentimes we're fighting some of the same battles, dealing with some of the same demons. And reading the biblical narratives actually give me hope. They inspire me and they motivate me because we see that these individuals are not flat characters. They're not. They're not. We love them, but they're not flat characters. They're very dynamic characters. We, we love them based upon the chapter we find them in. Yes, everybody loves David, right? Psalm 23, David. 
David ain't Goliath, David. But David is problematic. He's very complex. David has some anger moments, some traumatic moments. David has some funny ways. I want you to look at the person beside you. Tell them you have some funny ways. Now, if you just got an attitude, confirmation. No, we're, we're different people. Some of you are real different. You're the type that will take a two liter bottle of ginger ale out of the refrigerator, pour it all the way down to this much, and place it back in the refrigerator. Yeah. Strange people. But it tells us that if God can use these individuals with all of their multiple layers, that means we haven't messed up so bad that God cannot get the glory out of our lives. And so we're here in this historical book of Samuel, the history of Israel. Israel uh, went to Samuel, God's spokesperson, and said, hey, tell God we want a king. Tell God, give us a king. Now, why did they want a king? It's because they wanted to be like everybody else. Um, this last week, I was off social media. And when I went back on social media Saturday, I almost wanted to log right back off. <laughs> because social media has helped us be connected and share the gospel and watch each other's kids grow up. But the truth is, We've actually been overexposed at times. Social media has been the, the, the product of much depression, anxiety, and frustration because you were doing well. And you were happy with what you had and what was going on until you saw what somebody else was posting. And you started making your real life compete with somebody's profile. You gotta be careful in wanting what other people have. You might want that stuff, but you may not want their payments. I need you to look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, I paid for this. And be honest and tell them I'm still making payments. See, people want the platform, but they don't want the process. And Samuel took it personal that they asked for a king. He took it personal because he had been their liaison. He had been their priest. And God spoke to Samuel says, why are you taking it personal? It is not your rejection. It's my rejection. I want some people in this room to get a revelation. Hallelujah. There's some people who don't like you and it ain't even personal. It's because of what's on you. You giving yourself too much credit talking about my haters. You ain't really got no haters. They are the Lord's enemy. Hallelujah. They're warring way, they're waging war because of what God put on your life. I need you to look at somebody and tell them favor is intimidating. It ain't your money. The devil got folk that got more money than you got. How is it that you walk in rooms and people who got a greater position than you have, they're intimidated by your presence? 
people who got more than what you got they are jealous of you it ain't because of the car you drive and the house you live in the favor of God is intimidating Rahab said the heart of men in Jericho is failing because of the favor that's on your life but I need you to scream at somebody tell them I will not apologize I will after everything I've endured and everything I've gone through when God's favor is on my life I will not apologize because favor will make you look good even in a bad situation you can go through an ugly season and people have no idea touch three people in your sex and tell them it's favor it's favor people don't know the seasons we went through and we almost lost everything we had and God stepped in and made us look good in one of our worst seasons God told him, I'll give it, I'll give you a king. I'll give you a king. If that's what you want. If that's what you want, I'll give you a king. But what's going to happen, he's going to tax you. He's going to oppress you. Your children going to end up in wars. I mean, he was clear with them what was going to be the result of what they wanted. Hear me. And their response is, okay. What is it about us when we know people's intentions are not pure toward us and we still give them a courtesy? What is it about us when he told you he don't want to marry you? And you will let him make you practice when you're not purpose. Come on, y'all not talking to me here. What is it about us when people have proven that their intentions are not pure? But we would rather give a courtesy to something that's momentary. Something that's instead of waiting on something that's permanent. I need you to look at your neighbor, tell you your neighbor, I'm nobody's practice. I'm nobody's practice. And the scripture says, they said, okay, they came in agreement with the repercussions of their desire. God gave them Saul. Saul starts out good. But it's not about how you start, it's how you finish. But God got a wingman. I want you to know that uh, we all should walk in great humility. Never think if you don't show up, it ain't going to happen. Hallelujah. I honor you and I thank you for serving. But if you get in your feelings and the spirit of offense and decide you're not going to show up, baby, we still going to have church. God got somebody. To every Elijah, there's an Elisha. To every Moses, there is a Joshua. And I come to speak to somebody in this room that you are a holy replacement. Mm. Some of you have no idea, but you're serving your next. My God. Hallelujah. I, I said you're serving your next. You're, you didn't drive down that neighborhood by accident. God fixed it that you would drive down that neighborhood looking at those houses, not to tease you, but to expose you to what he's about to release to you. Uh, that's right. Don't get in your feelings. Don't get offended. 
work your job every day show up a few minutes early and I don't care how nasty they are posture yourself because where you are right now may not be your career but it may be your assignment according to where God is getting ready to take you somebody open up your mouth and shout next next God got a David God got a David he's anointed to be king he's anointed but number one he's not ready and number two it's not the proper timing why would God anoint me and then bench me it's, it's almost sounds like a contradiction why would you call me to do something and then what I'm assigned to do looks nothing like my calling <sighs> Bible says he's called to serve the one that's sitting in the seat and I am hastening to the text he's called to serve the one that's sitting in the seat mm. and the one that's sitting in the seat loves him sometimes <sighs> He got demons that only David can deal with. Mm. There's some people, they don't love you as much as they love what you bring. They don't, they don't, they don't love you as much as you think they do until you stop picking up the tab. Bible says that David is called to serve Saul. David comes in playing an instrument which is a doorway to a greater assignment. Then he starts becoming a warrior for Saul until they come back singing songs. Songs go like this. Saul has killed his thousands. But David has killed his ten thousands. And spirit of envy and jealousy begin to rub down the gross underbelly of King Saul. Have you ever been in a position where the people you were trying to help were the same people that was trying to kill you? Yes. Yes. If they could only see that I'm not competing with you. I'm just trying to help you. Tell somebody I'm really just trying to help you. I'm really just trying to help you. David has a heart after God. And David's heart after God is exemplified in the fact that moments that he had the ability to kill Saul, instead of killing Saul, he gave Saul grace. So um, the way I preach, I'm just going to give you four points and I'll close out, all right? It's never the same number of points, but it just sounds good. Number one, sometimes you have to pull away to protect your testimony. There's times in your life that you're going to have to simply pull away from people just to protect your testimony. There are going to be moments where they'll put their mouth on you. And when they'll try to destroy you with a lie when you could destroy them with the truth. There'll be moments where you'll be in the 
in the Facebook post timeline typing and the Holy Ghost will say backspace 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 delete 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 oh, oh you don't have that kind of Holy Ghost you don't have the Holy Ghost until you've heard the Holy Ghost say shut up shut up shut up shut up shut up stop talking stop have you ever been in a room where people were talking or sitting at a table and people were talking and you almost added your little piece to it and the Holy Ghost says shut up because when you looked on social media and saw they were hanging out with the same people they were discussing I need you to look at your neighbor tell your neighbor God had to shut my shut my mouth to save my future come on tell him God had to shut my mouth to save my future and pulling back is not a sign of weakness Silence is not a sign of weakness. It takes a strong person to know all that you know and go like this. It takes a strong person to operate in self-control. The reason why you did cuss is not because you don't know how to cuss. The reason why you didn't snatch the ponytail off of the back of somebody's head is not because you can't scream at somebody tell them the Holy Ghost held me back. The Holy Ghost held me back. you have to pull away just to protect your testimony and we brag about I do this we brag about I'll say this but the power of the Holy Ghost is exemplified in your power of restraint lay hands on somebody tell them you gotta see past this moment David got away from Saul but when David got away from Saul, he did something. He went to connect with Saul's enemies. He made an alliance with the Philistines. Point number two, don't allow your emotions to cause you to make unholy alliances. This is a season that any connection you're making, it needs to be a divine connection. Because God does not honor connections that are made by the flesh. When God got ready to bring Israel into covenant through the loins of Abraham, he looked at Abraham, he says, bring me Isaac, your only son. The only challenge with that is that chronologically, we know there was a son before Isaac by the name of Ishmael. But God says, that don't count, my God. And many of us are trying to bring stuff to God that we produced out of our flesh, stuff that we produced out of the soulish realm with soulish prayers, and we won't go to bless but look at your neighbor tell your neighbor it don't count God is only recognizing what he's called for don't allow your emotions to make unholy alliances because y'all have a common enemy now all of a sudden y'all friends I need you to tell your neighbor I don't I don't have enemies I don't have enemies don't be don't think you getting close to me because somebody don't like me and so you gonna come bringing me a whole bunch of stuff don't slide in my inbox trying to show your loyalty to me I don't have enemies anybody who don't like me it's just somebody who don't have a revelation about me and I don't even know them by name I'm too busy building I'm too busy being focused on my assignment Glory be to God. 
Tell your neighbor, get out of your feelings. Get out of your feelings. Exhausting yourself, staying up late, debating with somebody that got a profile picture of a cat. You fighting with a cat at three o'clock in the morning, writing whole paragraphs. Scream at somebody, tell them, choose your battles. If it don't come with a paycheck, if it don't come with a salary, if it don't come with a 401k, if it's not connected to a 14-day vacation in the Caribbean, you can't have it. Y'all just blame it on, I've been sleep deprived, just blame it on it. Unholy alliances. And I'm serious. This is why, this is why we need a community. And this is why we need pastors. And I need to say this because we're living in an hour in this post-pandemic culture where people are having their own personal Frankenstein ministry. And they're giving birth to, to a, a spirit of a monster. Because you got two spiritual fathers and four spiritual mothers. and This person is my pastor, but this is my prophet. And But then you want to make us responsible for your soul. We need community. Because when we go through seasons of transition, we're vulnerable. No, really, we are vulnerable. And the challenge with that is, your vulnerability is not just picked up uh, by heaven. Some of us, we are like blood in shark-infested waters. You, you need somebody in your life that when you thought you heard what you heard from God, they can tell you, no, that ain't God. You're just in your emotions. Because, listen, we're in an hour now. We are accustomed to the prophetic utterances that talk about transition. My season is up. This place don't feed me no more. God is shifting me. Look, y'all ain't got an attitude. Look, God is shifting me. And all that stuff happens. But does anybody ever hear him say, stand still? Do we ever hear him say, be planted? Do we ever hear, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the words of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain? So just because we didn't call your name don't mean you need to leave. You need to learn how to be faithful in obscurity. David is trying to make an unholy alliance with people that God deemed the enemy of the promise. Why would he do that? Because David didn't take time to heal. Look at somebody tell him with all your zeal. Make sure you heal. Just because you're not crying about it doesn't mean you over it. And oftentimes our grief and what we lost and different things. It comes out in different ways. It comes out in different ways. It comes out in our tone. It comes out in sexual promiscuity. It comes out in other addictions. It comes out in other things that we can tell by the way you move that you're really not over it. Uh, oftentimes, an unhealed place causes us to make bad decisions. I wasn't looking for sin. I was just looking for relief. Uh, oh, Before you judge me, you have to know what I went through. <sighs> 
Somebody be honest with me in here. Jesus been with me the whole time, but I brought, I took Jesus some places. I, I mean, I took Jesus. I, okay, just, oh, y'all gonna leave me up here by myself? Oh, oh, y'all oh, some shady people in here. I said, I took Jesus some places since I've been saved. Since I had the Holy Ghost. Me and Jesus been some places and he stood there and just shook his head. Yeah, y'all be talking about, he was there all the time. Uh-huh. The whole time. You were rolling that blunt. He was standing there the whole time. Oh, come on. Y'all know, listen. We got to tell the whole testimony. Y'all keep on telling that PG and PG-13. Ain't no breakthrough and deliverance in that. You need to be honest that some of you don't even know how you got home. See, y'all talk about how I came to church and I gave my life to the Lord and I found Jesus. Baby, Jesus was never lost. He found some of us with needles in our arms. He found some of us in the bed with people we shouldn't have been with. He found some of us sitting at the bar drinking and somebody looking at us talking about, you different. Somebody always going like this. I really need to go back to church. Now, come on. He was dealing with me even in some crazy situations. Oh, my God. He was, David made some bad decisions because of what he lost, because of his season of transition, and because he was wounded. But while he's making unholy alliances, he's leaving his family exposed. And this is what we have to question. What have we lost in the midst of being distracted? No, really. What have we lost? Lowering our standards. Operating in the spirit of compromise. Because when I grew up in, in church in holiness, and when I talk about holiness, I know we dress different now and then. I love the freedom of it. Trust me. Some, somebody thought, they asked me one day, said, did you sleep in robes? I said, no, for real. <laughs> I, got some good, I got some good sneakers and, and uh, hoodies and stuff. These are just my work clothes, you know. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's just my work clothes. But when I was growing up, they talked to us about uh, sanctification a work of grace right that he sanctifies us and we're being sanctified and we're partners with God in our sanctification but now in our generation in our hour instead of trying to figure out what we need to give up for the sake of our assignment we're trying to figure out what we still can do and still be labeled as saved Maybe some of the things that you find yourself entangled with is not necessarily a sin. Hallelujah. It may even be lawful. But I want to ask you, is it expedient? And there are some things that some people can do and get away with. But because of your assignment, you can't touch it. You can't be intoxicated by something that you're supposed to be delivering other people from. Y'all ain't got tight on me in here. Because y'all want to socially hang out with everything. But you can never lay down with them and pull them out. My God. Nobody got to go by your bed to get to the altar. Calling it fellowship. With two fellows in the ship. Y'all not sending to me. We got it. Y'all come on in here. Talk to me. Scream at somebody. Tell them there's got to be a better way. Yeah. 
been sleep deprived. What have we left exposed? And I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to get to my text. I'm, I'm, but I'm going to tell you what has happened. I'm going to tell you what has happened. This ain't coming from new converts. This conversation is not about the new converts. If you just got saved last week, you just hang in the room with us just for a second. This is for the church babies. Huh, y'all talk to me here. We who feel like, my God, we didn't gave our whole youth to church. And when everybody did their stuff, my God, when everybody went on their vacations and when everybody else backslid, now we weren't perfect, but at least we stayed faithful. And now we're at an age in our life, we said, man, I feel like I didn't missed out. So now I'm going to do me. Y'all, oh, 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 oh. I'm going to do me. Come on. You didn't try it. You didn't say it. I'm going to do me, but scream at somebody. Tell them, that's not you. That's not you. That's not you. That's not, come on, touch three people. That's not you. There's an assignment over you. That's a calling. That's a word that was spoken over you at eight years old. God is coming for the yes that's connected to it. My God, I wish I had a hundred people in this room that know that there's a stirring that's about to take place. And I found myself distracted, but shout at somebody, tell them I'm coming back to God. I'm coming back. David was distracted. He was distracted making unholy alliances. Comparing his standard to other people's standard. Unholy alliances. And the Philistines had more wisdom than some of us have. They said, uh-uh, we ain't fighting with him. No, we ain't fighting with him. Hold on. Y'all remember the song they were singing about him? Did he kill 10,000 of us? You know, that's why you got to have discernment. Because people can say the right thing to connect with you with the wrong motives. That, that woman running behind the apostles and saying, great men of God, they showing us the way to salvation. Oh, mighty prophet. Oh, apostle. Go, go ahead. And the prophet... Pastor turned around and said, come out of her devil. See, some of you, as long as people are clapping for you, you go numb. And you lose your discernment. Don't you, hallelujah, don't you lose your discernment over compliments. Because people will say just enough to get close to you. See, the spirit of an assassin will get close to you and learn your movements. And when they try to assassinate your character, people will believe them because the people sold them with you. You gave them access. That's why the Bible says lay hands on no man. Some of y'all got best friends you met last week. Philistine said, no, 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 no. We're not rolling with him. He was just killing us. We're not rolling with him. David went back to his family, David and his men. And in the distance, you know this text, in the distance, they saw smoke. They saw, they saw smoke. Imagine at that moment, you want to rush home. 
because you see your house on fire. And when they got there, they realized that the homes had been burned down, number one, and then number two, the wives and children had been taken captives. It's a, it's an issue here. Because it would be one thing if I knew they were dead. But in military warfare, if wives and children have been taken, what's being done to them? And the men began to cry. Now, when the Bible says the men begin to cry, I often say that men are emotional. You know, just because we don't pass out and roll across the sofa and all that, men are emotional. Men do cry, don't you? Don't you let folk tell you men don't cry. Men do cry, but oftentimes men cry at a frequency that other people can't hear. And just just because he's still moving doesn't mean he's not grieving. Some men, it's their coping mechanism to get under the hood of the car. It's their coping mechanism to sit in front of the television, in front of the game. It's, it's a coping mechanism. Because they're grieving because they lost something. Glory be to God. And in their grief, the Bible says they had a conversation about stoning David. Let's kill him because it's his fault. David never asked them to come with him. But that's what happens when people are going through their emotions. They will oftentimes fight the closest person to them. I want you to look at somebody and just say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Because there are moments that you were just trying to be present with me. And I attacked you. There are moments I was just trying to support you. I just gave you a suggestion and you heard my suggestion and you processed it as judgment. Mm. And the Bible says now they want to stone David. You got to realize David has a very lonely existence. Now, I know you're going to say, no, he don't. Yeah, yeah. Think about it. We're introduced to David being left in the field while everybody else is at the house you better help me preach you from Lynchburg, Virginia has a lonely existence why would his father not include him the scripture we use for uh, you know uh, uh, born into sin is a text about David when we talk about original sin, he was born in sin and shaping iniquity. What were the nuances around David's birth that David would be left outside? I know you see a crowd of people around David, but leadership is lonely. Yeah, he's the king. He's the king, but why would he pull for Bathsheba during this time? Yeah. Yeah, he, he, he has a lot of men around him, but don't you see now how quickly they switched up on him? Because many of us have to live with the revelation that there are more people who can count on us than we can count on them. Many of us 
have to live with the understanding that there are more people who can trust us with their secrets than we can trust them with ours. And it's not that they're malicious. They just don't have the capacity to know the width and the breadth of our humanity and still know our divinity without having to share the load with somebody else. It's a lonely existence. When you can be in a crowd in a room full of people, but because they don't carry your same assignment, they don't understand your weight. And the Bible said, David heard their complaints. He heard their plans. And David went before God. And the Bible says David did something. He started talking to himself. He encouraged himself. Hallelujah. I need you to look at somebody and tell them, I'm coaching myself through this season. People think it's it's conceited. No, I'm just convinced that I'm gonna have to be my biggest support at times. It's just whoo. There are moments that people know the headlines, but they can't handle the details. So there are moments while you in the mirror, you just gotta beat your face and say, Come on, girl, get it together. There are times you gotta fix your clothes. Come on. There are many times you gotta fix yourself in the back. There are many times some of us we couldn't afford a whole breakdown, so we had a minute breakdown in the car before we went back in the house because we couldn't take a whole break like everybody else because somebody was depending on us and he talked himself through it he coached himself through it and he said to God shall I pursue shall, oh this is different because what is David saying here I'm not willing to make another decision without God Whew. I need you to look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, I don't want God's permission. I want God's proclamation. I don't, listen, I, I, don't, don't just tell me I can go. I want to know, can I go? Do you want me to go? Because I'm looking over the last season of my life and there's some things I ended up in and I can't blame nobody. Look at y'all looking with a halo over here. Shout at somebody, tell them it was me. The Lord warned me. Come on, the Lord exposed some things. The Lord confronted me and I still embraced it. I still went in the door and now I'm not willing to go through another door unless God has granted me access. Scream at somebody, tell them I have no more time to waste. The next move of God in my life is time sensitive. I've already told the seven of you that will praise him now. November is going to be here in just a few more weeks. And I'm declaring to you, do what you got to do. Push somebody, tell them, coach your way through this. Uh, Because all of us are dealing with something. And you can't always depend on your prayer partner. You can't always depend on your BFF. The Bible said David encouraged himself in the Lord and said, Lord, shall I pursue? And the Lord says, yeah, pursue. And then he says, you are going to recover. You're going to recover. You're going to, you're going to recover all. And tonight I wanted to tell somebody who just came through a challenging season of your life. I wanted to I wanted to give a label for where you are right now. I wanted to help you with a spiritual GPS tonight. It ain't as bad as it was. 
but it's not where you want to be. Hallelujah. You're not crying as much as you did cry over it. I mean, you have moments where you're triggered, but at the same time, you ain't totally healed. And you say, God, what's going on with me? I'm in a no man's land. I've never been here before in my life. I've never been at this place in my life. I can't label it. And there are times when I have moments, people are asking me what's wrong with me. And the truth is, it's not that I'm not trying to let people in, but the real truth is, I don't know myself. Tell two people, tell them I've never been here before. I've never felt this way before. I've never been at this age. And I'm trying to figure out, did I miss my turn? I'm trying to figure out if what God said was going to happen. But because I made some unholy alliances, did I miss it? And I'm trying to figure out, God, where am I at in the timeline of God? I need you to lay hands on somebody's shoulder. Tell them, God said tonight, huh? you're in recovery. You're in recovery. I need you to get out of your seat and run over to somebody. Tell them, you're in recovery. In other words, you didn't die on the table. That means your last mistake didn't derail God's promise. Tell your neighbor the worst of it is behind you. You survived the surgery. You survived the cutting. Woo! Scream at somebody. Tell them I'm in recovery. I'm in. I went through some things. Some other people went through. And they didn't make it out like I did. I'm in recovery. I'm in recovery. I'm in recovery mode. I'm in recovery mode. I'm in recovery mode. I've considered what I've lost, but now I'm in recovery mode. Hallelujah. I'm no longer rehearsing my trauma. I'm starting to rehearse my testimony. Tell your neighbor, I'm in recovery mode. You can keep on crying over the past. Ah, but I believe that God is setting me up for one of the greatest seasons of my life. Pull on your neighbor's shoulder and say, oh neighbor, I'm not better than anybody else. Tell them, I made my mistakes and I've made some bad decisions. But tell your neighbor, say, oh neighbor, shout, oh neighbor, I'm in recovery. Hallelujah, I'm in recovery tonight. And the Bible says, David said, come on, y'all. We're going after what God said we could have. And the Bible says there were some of the men, they had cried so long that they didn't have strength enough to fight. And David says, stay right here. I want you to tell your neighbor, cry if you have to cry. But don't cry so long that you lose your strength. I come to tell you tonight that weeping may. In other words, weeping is an option. That means it may come and it may not come. Weeping may, but joy will. If you can just make it through the night season. I need to just have some honesty in here. Somebody shout, I've been through depression. I know what it feels like to lay in the bed and turn your phone off. And maybe I wasn't suicidal, but I told God, let me sleep tonight and let me die in my sleep. Don't you leave me out here by myself. I know what it is. Don't you be a false testimony. But I know what it is to suffer with anxiety. Anybody other than me. Where it feels like your heart is beating so fast that you're going to have a heart attack. Tell somebody I went through that. I 
know what it is to suffer from a broken heart when you had dreams and aspirations that this was going to be the person you were going to be with for the rest of your life tell somebody if it's a testimony tell them I survived the broken heart and I can't put it on them we made some mistakes but tell your neighbor I'm in a different place now my God I don't want you to feel sorry for me I'm in a different place and this place is not called bitterness this place ain't even called revenge tell your neighbor this place is called recovery oh my God I know what it is to go through church warfare and you say in your mind ain't joining another church this is my last Sunday I'm gonna go to somebody's Episcopalian church and come in late and sit in the back oh don't y'all sit down to me here and I'm gonna leave early tell your neighbor I went through that but I'm in a different place now I know what it is to fall in the church and people have discussions about it but tell your neighbor they know what I did but that's not who I am I'm in a different place now they will label you according to your mistake but God is calling you according to your future pull on somebody say somebody no y'all gotta say it like you're from Memphis come on somebody I'm in recovery David said he said to the man you stay here because you're gonna be collateral damage we've got to go after our families and when you see me dancing I'm not just dancing for me somebody tell them I got a family that's connected to this friends that's connected to this I got siblings that's connected to this why y'all patty caking I've got family members that grew up in this and they not in this anymore but I'm determined that I'm not gonna lose another family member to the devil somebody pray now buckets of blood over my family buckets of blood I'm going after it and I don't even know which way to go but I'm going I'm packing I'm moving I don't even know who got them and which direction and that's what many of us we we have a great aspiration about recovery but the question is where do we even start no really where do we start because when you get a setback in the midst of having some momentum there's a fear of starting again. And the question is, where? I've lost so much, where do I start? And the Bible says David just started moving. He just started moving. Well, forgive me because I preached a long time tonight giving you the bio of King Saul. Even made a mention to about Samuel but the greatest part of my message tonight 
I was preaching about David. And it's kind of misleading. Because the truth is, my message is really not about Saul. And it really ain't even about David. I know God told him to recover all. And the message title is, I'm in recovery. So it's got to be about David. But I apologize, it's really not. Well, I can't really give you a name of who it's about because I don't have one. All I know is David is on his way looking to recover his family. And he found a black boy laying down in the middle of the field. Now, if I was going after my family, my foot would be soaked down on the gas. I may not even recognize the boy. But David is a man after God's own heart that while he is in acceleration going after his family, he stopped long enough to notice somebody else's pain. Let me tell you, don't get so caught up in your own pain that you don't notice somebody else's pain. Well, I'm sorry. I got my own stuff going on. But you never know who you're serving. David stopped and said, hey man, what's going on with you? He was weak, laying almost like a dead person. He said, well, I hadn't had nothing to eat for three days. David fed him. He said, I hadn't had nothing to drink. He gave him water. And he said, he said, who are you? Where did you come from? He says, I'm an Egyptian. And I was servant to an Amalekite. Really? He said, yeah. Um, uh, they uh, dropped me here because I got sick and they couldn't use me no more, so they just dropped me. And they, they went over there and burned somebody's uh, houses down and took the wives and kids and everything. Took a bunch of women and kids. David said, for real? He said, he said uh-huh. He said, he said, which way they go? He said, I'll show you. I know where they, I know where they live at. I'm preaching about his recovery Somebody's about to show up That people thought would never recover again Somebody's about to show up I'm finished, I'm past my time Look at somebody, tell them They didn't expect you to show up put an expiration date on your marriage they put an expiration date on your ministry they said it's only a matter of time it's going to all fall apart but let me hear the sound of the survivors in this room let me let me hear the sound
imagine when the Amalekites looked up and saw David and his men rushing toward their camp. And that one boy on the back of David's horse. Could, <laughs> you ain't got to say nothing. All you got to do is show up. Oh. <laughs> Scream at somebody. Tell them you have nothing to prove. Just keep living. Don't get messy with messy people. Just keep living. Don't try to get even with nobody. Revenge belongs to God. Just keep living. You're going to outlive the lie. You're going to outlive the rumors. You're going to outlive the warfare. Scream at somebody. Just keep living. Keep, keep. I was going through a, uh, God was calling me into the ministry. God called me into ministry. And, uh, and I followed God by following my leader was starting a church in a town. So I left everything and went to follow him. And I was a musician. I only could play the black keys, but I was anointed. <laughs> if somebody started singing in C, I took it up to C sharp. My God, if they sung in E, they were going to sing in E flat today. Oh, but I could take you in. Oh, my goodness, I could take you in. Oh, I would play a Ron Cannoli song and then I would testimony service song. But it was a different time in the church. In holiness, they didn't give uh, musicians paychecks. They didn't even give us water. They would give water to the preacher set in the pulpit that didn't even shout. So what I had to do, I had to get a job. One of the greatest things that happened for me. I got a job at a radio station because I needed a job. The man says, I'm sorry, we don't have any uh, openings. We only have one opening. I don't think you'll fit. And I asked him, I says, you know, what job was that? What, what position is? He says, it's country radio. And um, <laughs> told him, I can do it. He said, what do you know about country radio? I said, uh, Pastor Klein, Conway Twitty, yeah, uh, I was, all right, Dolly Parton, all right, it's me, I mean Dolly Parton, <laughs> I started studying it, because I needed a job, see, some of y'all like, I would never do that, but you ain't never been hungry either, you know, you know this is a cash app age, even the people at the corner got a cash app, say, you say, I ain't got no cash. Well, cash out me. I did what I had to do. And although that job looked nothing like my assignment. Looked nothing like my assignment. Mm, looked nothing like my assignment. So they told me my name wasn't country enough. So I changed my name. And I changed my voice. Every morning, I got up and says, you're listening to AM 1530 at FFSC, Chatham Heights, Virginia. Well, y'all laughing, but I got a check. Nobody had to bail me out. Yeah. Started working at a clothing store. Working in that clothing store, and, and then I started preaching. And I worked in that clothing store six days a week, working minimum wage. And 
There were times I would preach and I said, I ain't gonna, I'm not taking this job no more. I'm a, a, a itinerant preacher. And I'm saying, this is going to be my last week. And then I would look at the calendar for the following month. I won't go nowhere. So wisdom said, you better stay on this boat until another boat come. I would be preaching at a service on Friday night and laying hands on people. And on Saturday morning, I was on my knees tying their shoes. That's why I say be nice to everybody. Don't just speak to the pastor. Speak to the people around the pastor. I can't stand when, boo- when broke people are bougie. Bougie and broke. Speak to people. Be nice to people. Never forget I was going to step out on faith to do what God called me to do. I was going to Lynchburg, I was going to college, not knowing that I was going to find my church in college. And then one day I was at that clothing store, countdown, I'm getting ready to leave now, do what God told me to do. This woman walked in to the store and I knew her from another church in the area. She said, can I speak to you? I said, yes, ma'am. As soon as I finish with this customer, she said, okay, take your time. And so I'm working and pinning people's clothes for alterations. I'll never forget this. And then she, well, when I finished, I said, I said, yes, ma'am, how can I help you? I knew her and her husband. I thought she wanted a suit for her husband. She looked at me. She says, I want you to know this morning I was sitting at my kitchen table and the Holy Ghost came on me while I was sitting at the table and took over my hand and started writing this note to you. And she says, the Holy Ghost, I didn't even know what the Holy Ghost was writing. It was just, and she said, if you don't believe me, ask my husband. I just stopped eating and the Holy Ghost came on me and I started crying. I started speaking in tongues. And, and I looked at the note and it, and it says, you know, Shantae, you are not who you say you are. I have rejected you, says the Lord. I mean, she's writing. And I'm looking at this. First of all, I'm like, what did I do? And I started, Lord, I'm sorry. I mean, and I was looking at it and condemnation made me start picking out some things in my life, you know, because I hadn't been praying like I should have been praying. And I cheated on one of the fast days. Oh, come on. See, if you grew up like I did, you looking for, okay. And then I looked at it and I said, I said, whoo, whoo. And then I gave it back to her. She said, you got anything to say? I said, I said, no, ma'am, no, ma'am. She said, I know it was hard, but I had to obey God because the Holy Ghost took my hand over and just wrote that to you. I said, oh, no, no, the Lord didn't say it. She said, man, young man, I've been in this way a long time and I don't play with God. I said, I, I, I. I would hope so, but I, mean, I said, you know, respectfully, ma'am, the, the Lord didn't say it. Because this is a challenge. Most people don't know that my first name is Chante. It's French masculine, which means one who sings to keep the rhythm of the boat. But the reason why I go by my initials is because my mother adopted a young girl when we were young. And so we have the same name. So there are two Shantae Youngers in my family. 
So that's why I go by Bishop Esquire Younger. Man, I'm telling y'all all my business tonight. Don't ask me about the why, right? So, on my birth certificate, my name is spelled S-H-A-T-A. On my driver's license, it's S-H-A-N-T-A-E. This woman wrote S-H-A-W-N-T-E. She said the Holy Ghost took over her hand. But the Holy Ghost knows how to spell my name. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, send it back, send it back. I come to declare to somebody in this room, you're coming into one of the best seasons. Send back the lie. The Bible says man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I pray that you are blessed by the message today. And if you want to continue to get more inspirational, motivational, and even more gospel messages, I encourage you to follow our YouTube channel or subscribe to our podcast. And today we want to give you an opportunity to partner what we're doing domestically here at our local church and what we're doing all over the world. There are ways to give. And remember, when you sow, that seed may leave your hand, but it'll never leave your life. The Bible declares to us that when we sow, seeds are connected to harvest. Well, I want you to remember that I know what it feels like to cry until you have no more tears left to cry. But after you finish crying, don't stop. Get up and keep going.